0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of the No Fear Edu Podcast, where we break down the, the fear wall in education. What is that thing that's holding you back? What is your anxiety? What is stopping you from doing that one thing you've always wanted to do but just can't? Just a thought. Just just a thought game. What would happen? What What would you do if those hurdles weren't there? My name is Josh Essery. I go about thoughts and ponderings on the new fear edu podcast and sometimes on the twitter so feel free to follow me at the twitter i'm at the handle at the architect and that's t-e-c-h-e-d for tech ed architect ed at the end yes i was trying to be cute and being like tech ed and architect and we're architect designing technology and education experiences and I probably should change it because I really shouldn't have to explain my Twitter handle, but I'll put it in the show notes so you don't have to remember what I'm saying or try to understand what I'm saying. On this episode, I want to talk about why and how a folding phone and online gaming really made me think about innovation. So what is what is innovation? Innovation is kind of a funny thing. Um I've been in more than one interview, and I've just been in one more than one conversation where somebody says, what's something that you've done that is innovative? And I don't know about you, I've always struggled with this, because I think innovation, and I think invention, and I think of amazing things that no one has ever done before, and then I think about how many people are on the face of this planet, and how many unique ideas are there and I've always wrestled with this and what does innovation look like I'm not here to give an answer uh but more just to kind of talk about that and what does it mean to you it I mean I don't for the fact of thinking about fear um, I think for that matter, we really shouldn't think of it as something new. We should think of it as something maybe that's new for you or new that new for you in your environment or new for the people that you work with or a fresh idea or a different idea on a current idea. Um, because if we try to put ourselves in a place where we have to come up with something new, then we're, we're setting ourselves up for failure, which is okay. But... I think we'll never actually step out of that box. We'll never try to overcome our fear if we're constantly afraid. Oh, that's not a new idea. It's not innovative. I don't know what I'm doing. So I, th- I think innovation is kind of a funny thing in that way. And so why do we resist it? Do we resist it because it's new and because we're used to what we've always done? Do we resist it because we don't know how to innovate? Do we not innovate because it scares us? Um, there's there's lots of reasons Of why people don't innovate Um, sometimes I think I think for the most part it's just because the ideas are so big and people and humans are used to doing the way used to doing things the way that we've always done them and these innovative ideas we can look at with a critical eye and say you know what that's a lot of work and more than likely that's not going to work anyways so why in the world should we put our effort into it and and it's really hard to get behind innovative ideas because of those elements that are pushing back on us. So there was a couple things that happened I think in the past month or so that that uh, have really made me reflect on innovation and I think can really frame and help a lot of other people understand what innovative ideas are. And I'm going to go off tangent just a little bit because um, I'm, I'm not really going to talk about education, but I am a tech nerdy, tech junkie. So I do want to talk about a couple of things that, um, like I said, really help me kind of think about innovation in a better way. So, I don't know if you heard, but Samsung released a brand new phone, and it is the Samsung Galaxy Fold. I believe it was called, I think they were called the F for a while, and now it's just called the Fold. And if you have not seen this, you need to get on Twitter, on Google, and you need to do a search, and search for Samsung Folding Phone. This thing is ridiculous. It is a phone that looks like a regular, like, Galaxy phone. It's about twice as thick. And it's got kind of a smaller screen on the front and then all you have to do if you want a bigger screen, it's got a seam and you just fold it open, it snaps and you've got something like a seven, seven inch square screen right in front of you. And it's crazy. It's, I mean, whoever thought of a folding phone, I mean, the screen folds and they've tested it. So it works like numerous times. You can just keep going and going and going and going and going. I could talk about that for a while, but the thing was, I'm looking at this. I'm like, that is amazing. Look at that. And then I start listening to other podcasts. I start reading other blogs and people like, well, who's going to buy this? I mean, it's almost $2,000. Is that screen going to hold up? I mean, it, it doesn't look that great. And why is that big old bezel there? And there was just so much criticism on it. And I couldn't really understand why they were criticizing it. I'm like, if you don't like it, then don't buy it. Why, why are we getting down on the product? I'm going to come back to that later. So the other thing that happened, and it just happened today, was Google announced their own gaming platform. And it's called Stadia. Nobody really knew exactly what it was. They kind of had an idea that it was going to be an online gaming platform, but they really didn't know to what extent it was. Um, and I was watching part of this keynote just mesmerized at what was happening. So uh, Google is essentially saying that they're going to take all their data centers, they're going to build gaming, physical gaming platforms in their data centers that will run all of the processing power and all of the rendering, and then it All you're doing is streaming it from your end. So you can play any high-end game on any device. On a Chromebook, on a tablet, on a smart TV. They even have a controller that goes with it. And so you don't even have to buy consoles anymore. You eventually get to the point where, you know, with other consoles like PlayStations or Microsoft Xboxes, you get to that point where, oh, we have reached the end of what this hardware can do for us so we need to make another machine that has better graphics that has better hardware in it and you have to buy a new machine and so what this does is you if there it's in the data center they can just update it themselves and it's completely scalable for you know an unseen amount of time and if you subscribe to it, then you are always getting the latest game. They are accessible anywhere. You have an internet connection. And it was just blowing my mind. I was like, this could change things. This this is very innovative. So then I start, I got on the Twitter and I did hashtag Stadia and people were like, oh, this has failed before. I don't see this working. I wonder what the latency is on that. Nobody should buy this. This is going to be, I'll, I'll give you the timeline on this. I think somebody's Twitter. Uh, one of the tweets I saw was, I'll give you the timeline on this. Announce it launch it in seven months, it lives for about 48 months, and then dies a dreadful death. Like, come on, why, why do we have to be down on these things? And so everybody being down on the innovation was really getting at me, because I was thinking, these these ideas are ideas they are innovations in the market i mean when was the last time that you heard of a smartphone innovation a literal smartphone innovation the last one was probably the first iphone it was a you know a rectangular phone all screen it had a had a camera on it it had you could take videos with it it had some awesome animations you could get on the internet with it and I mean, it was amazing. That was an innovation. And literally, what has happened since then? Pretty much nothing. I mean, there's been incremental changes. Our phones still look essentially the same, and they still do the same things. They're just better at it. We haven't really changed what it looks like or how it could work. But a folding phone, even though it may look ugly or you may not like um, how it looks at the time or how it you interact with it it all of a sudden it has planted a seed in consumers and other industries and thinking oh they're going a place and we want to be there if that takes off and then all these other companies are doing small incrementals innovations on that innovation and then we're in a new we're in a new space all of a sudden and same thing with gaming all these haters were hating on stadia when you're thinking you know what I bet PlayStation and Xbox could be looking at this and thinking, we need to be in that. Let's hurry and see if we can come up with something. And so, yeah, Google's may not work, but maybe PlayStation will figure out elements that they want and they'll push that too. And these innovations will get us to a new place. And that brings me back to education. So what do we do with innovative ideas in education? I don't think we should shun them. I think we should at least entertain the thoughts. I kept telling someone this the other day. Like if, if you were just at a crazy innovation conference, I was at South by EDU, um, just a couple of weeks ago and everybody was just talking crazy ideas. But the crazy thing was that everybody at least entertained everybody's thoughts. And nobody said, that's stupid. That's not possible. That's just not logistic. Everybody's ideas was given some consideration for a minute. And I said, I was like. I bet I bet at that conference somebody could have said, "Hey, let's take all the furniture and turn it upside down, and then we'll all have we'll all have class uh, doing wall sits." No matter how crazy that sounded, somebody would go, "Okay, well, tell me about it," and they would entertain that thought. They wouldn't just criticize it. And I don't understand why we can't just entertain the thought of innovation. I think that would be a healthier way to look at innovation than trying to think of the bad things about it and why it wouldn't work and i think that's where we're trying to go with innovative ideas in education let's throw stuff out there and let's at least talk about it let's talk about what are the positives and how could that elevate education and student achievement so these innovations are called i think they're called disruptive innovations did i say that right did i say education's innovations <laughs> i think i did but uh these innovations are called disruptive edu- innovations. they They are not small and incremental. They are new, big ideas that nobody has thought of before, and the market is scrambling to catch up with this giant idea. And in education, there um, there's a lot of innovative ideas. and blended learning is one of them. Um, and I encourage you to go ahead and check out. Blended using disruptive innovation to improve schools by Michael Horn and Heather Staker. Um, They show a lot of uh, industrial, industry standard innovations that have happened uh, historically. And how they are disruptive and what's different from like a hybrid innovation and a full blown innovation or a disruptive innovation um, and really kind of shows of why you need those disruptive innovations and how it gets us to a new point. Well, I think I talked a little bit more today, but I hope that there were some ideas in there. I hope some of you all had some thoughts about those. And if you think about it, please let me know uh, what you think about disruptive innovation and what disruptive ideas have you had to struggle with um, and that you would like to just look at in the lens without any fear of just looking at innovation in a positive light so again thank you for listening Uh, follow me on the twitter at the architect tech ed at the end and um, we'll uh, hopefully catch you next time on episode five of the no fear edu podcast